we're going to continue our series on you, me, and us, talking about building community uh, and through unity. Uh, so if you got your Bibles tonight, I want to invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3 in the Word of God tonight. <clears throat> Give you just a minute to get there uh, while I take a minute myself to get to where I need to be. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter number three. You give me just a just a second here. All right. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> How many of you have have ever watched the television show Cheers? I, I pride myself if you if you uh, if you if you do Netflix or anything. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is, but I've seen every episode beginning to end. Uh, of Cheers. 11 seasons, 1982 to 1993, Cheers was one of the highest rated, longest running television shows uh, in, in, in the history of television shows. Um, 1993, it had a spinoff called Frasier uh, and uh, it's also been at the top of the charts and ratings as well. Frasier was for a long time. Uh, and what accounts for the popularity of shows like that? Um, is it just uh, inspired writing? Is it characters that are well-drawn or talented actors? Or, or, or what could it be? Well, I, I believe all of it plays a part. But what I really think more than that, I think that shows like Cheer, Cheers and Friends, Frasier, Grey's Anatomy, Everybody Loves Raymond, Andy Griffith, things like that. I, I believe why those shows do so great is because they tap into a, a deep human longing for community, for fellowship, for unity amongst one another. Uh, they all show us people who care about each other, who accept one another in spite of their many failings, people who uh, share an emotional bond, uh, who are committed to one another, uh, and who honestly and truly, they just care about each other. I began to listen to some of the lyrics of this song and I just want to just give me a little juice here I just want to play it for just a you're going to know this song as soon as it plays now some of you like Brings back memories. Yeah. 
How many of you remember that coming on in the late night? Amen. Everybody knows your name. Don't we all want to go to a place that everybody knows? And then I begin to think about friends, and I'm not going to play friends, but I begin to look at the lyrics of friends, and that show, it says, I'll be there for you. Simple, I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. Simple, simple lyrics of those songs. But when I began to think about this series and praying over it, God began to speak to me about some of those things. Isn't that truly now? Let's get serious. Isn't that truly what we all want? People who care about us. Is anybody here say, I don't want nobody that cares about me? I don't think so. We all want people who care about us. People who are glad that we showed up. People are just just, just glad that we showed up. Uh, People who support us, stand by us in the bad times as well as the good times. People who accept us instead of criticize and judge us. People who can just, we can just be ourselves around. Someone asked me the meaning of true love one time. And this is what I told him. When you can be yourself a hundred percent of who you are around them with no fear of judgment or criticism, that's love. When they can see you at your worst and it does not, that's love. People we just want to be around. I want that and I need that. And I believe you need that and you want that. We all need that. And I've got some good news for you. The good news and bad news. The good news is that there is such a place and there is such a a thing as that kind of love. The bad news is, is that cheers and friends and all these other TV versions of community, they're all pretend. They exist only on a Hollywood stage. Um, people love those shows. They tune in by the week, by the millions, because they desperately want to be a part of that kind of unity and community. But those characters, those relationships, they're not real. Back to the good news is the church should hold those types of relationships. The church should hold those types of Feelings, the place you want to go, where everybody knows your name. A place that you can come and not feel scared of judgment, not feel like you've got to put on a sugar-coated front of who you want to be, but not who you really are. A place where somebody cares for you, and they'll be there for you. That place is and should be the church. Let me put it this way. That's the kind of place that Jesus described as his church. That's maybe not the place that the church is today. That is the type of place that that Jesus intended 
for His church to be. You and I know that too often it's just the opposite. Uh, we have to recognize that when many people think of accepting and loving and supportive places, a place that I can be real and a place that I can be myself, uh, there are many other places they think of before they think of the church. Many times you'll find more people being real in an AA meeting than you will the house of God. Sad but true. Sad but true. Because many times there's a spirit of fear and judgment that comes along with church. And we're here tonight to bust that wide open and get rid of that spirit of judgment and fear. Because we want the church to be a place where everybody feels like they are loved and they're cared for. A place where they want to come. A place where they can find support. A place they can find help. Regardless of what they may have done, may have been in, may have been around. So tonight, that's what we want us to, want us to focus on tonight, is how do we get there? So I want to turn your attention now to this kind of community. It takes this word in our vocabulary tonight. That has to happen. This morning we looked on the outside, loving those and accepting those. Tonight we're going to look on the inside, loving us and accepting us as we are. Amen? So to the word of the week is this. I want you to try to use it in a sentence every day this week. Forbearance. Forbearance. Forbearing with one another. In other words, let's put it in plain English tonight, putting up with one another. Turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to one another's faults, overlooking one another's wrongs, being patient and slow to criticize one another, and bearing one another. The only way to have unity is when we learn how to bear one another. Amen. Look with this Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 12. Notice what the Bible says. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, here it comes, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I want to go back and say that again. If anyone has a complaint against another, 
even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. The text there did not read, if you feel like it. The text there did not read, if you are in a forgiving mood. It did not read, only on days that start with S will I forgive. It says something that you and I must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to bless your people tonight. Help us, dear God, to accept within the body of one another, love one another, and put on this bond of love that is perfection. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. Uh, you're already seated. Amen. So what, what exactly does this text tell us tonight? Well, as I begin to look at it and pray over it and think about it, it tells me and it tells you that more than likely, as a matter of fact, in all likelihood, there's going to be things and people that we are going to have to learn to forbear. There's all of us will at some point in time or another, we will find our fellow creatures to be less than ideal. And the possible grounds for this uh, such dissatisfaction and with one another are endless. I mean, the way we talk, the way we think, the way we look, the way we eat, the way we raise our kids, the way we take care of our house, the way we handle our finances, the way we manage our time, the things that we do inside, the things that we do outside, the things that we say sometimes. You could probably pick out anybody in this room tonight. You can find something about them that you may just find irritating or you may disagree with them the back about because cause of one thing. We're all very much different people. We worship different. We pray different. We praise different. We eat different foods. We dress different. We, we do all sorts of things different. And when you put a lot of different people together, you'll find, you'll find something that irritates you. Simple as that. So what do we do? Well, do we get mad and punch one another in the face? Uh, no, even if you feel like it. Do we get mad and shout at one another and throw song books? Nope, but I've been there. <laughs> Don't go back to that church. That church is bad, I'll tell you. Get mad and throw a song book at you. Bless God. Do we do these sorts of things? Is that how the, the, the body of Christ is to operate? Of course, the answer is no. Do we just pretend that they aren't there? Do we just pretend that it doesn't bother us? No, Christianity tonight is not a religion of pretending. If we don't pretend and we don't fight and we don't throw songbooks at one another and we don't do this and we don't, what do we do, preacher? 
We simply have a choice that we have to make inside of us. And that choice is to overlook it. To forbear it. To bear it. We choose not to make a big deal of it. We choose to graciously tolerate one another in spite of all the things that we find less than ideal and irritating. I begin to think of Jesus, and I just wonder how many times Jesus got irritated with Peter. Every time Peter opened his mouth, he was putting his foot in it. Every time Peter was doing something, he was doing it wrong. Every time Peter was saying something, he was saying it wrong. Every time, even when they come to arrest Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus over here saying, Peter, shut up. Peter's cutting the ear off of a guy. Everything. I wonder how many times Jesus was just like, Peter! But he never threw a songbook at Peter. And he never said, Peter... I love you, but I just can't go to church with you no more because you're driving me nuts. He never said, Peter, I can't fellowship with you. Peter, get on the other end of the table or get on the other side of the building. Peter, you, you stay on the left side of the pew. I'll stay on the right side. As long as we don't meet in the middle, we'll be all right. You'll find none of that. You'll find is forbearance. And if that causes tension, then we have to live with tension until we can work it out. We accept the tension, we accept the discomfort, we accept it as our problem rather than making it somebody else's problem. That's what forbearing does. It makes it yours instead of theirs. Real quickly tonight, I want to show you just a few things, uh, what the scriptures have to tell us about forbearing and how we are to do this. So number one, if you're taking notes with me, this is what I want you to know. If, if, if you're going to forbear, then there's a choice you have to make. And the first choice you have to make is we have to choose not to complain against them or gossip about their flaws. Complaining is not the solution. I used to tell folks when we was when I worked with them, I'd say, you know, if you are a person that complains, you're part of the problem. Because when you complain, you're, you're never coming up with a solution. I can complain and complain and complain until Jesus comes back. But until I quit complaining and start thinking of a possible solution, I'm still part of the problem. We have to make a choice. If we're going to forbear one another, we're going to have to make a choice that, you know what, I'm not going to complain about them unless I just need to blow off some steam. Sometimes we all have to blow off some steam. Sometimes we all got to let some stuff out. We call that counseling. If you need to come to the pastor for some wise counsel, it's a different story. If you need to go to the uh, deacons for some wise counsel, that's a different story. If you need to go to an elder brother in the Lord or elder sister in the Lord and say, how do I handle this? We call that wise counsel. But we just don't go up to anybody and everybody within the body of Christ and say, you know what? That Kara, 
one more time as she's got one more time and I'm going to lose it. We call that complaining. And gossip is never the solution. <laughs> complaining is not the solution and gossip is never, 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 never the solution. Gossip, it's the, the it, gossip divides. It's unkind, it's ungodly, it's hurtful, it stirs up strife, it stirs up contention, it stirs up dissatisfaction where there was none of that before. It turns others against one another. It makes us feel better temporarily, but it doesn't do anything to build up the body of Christ. The only thing gossip ever does is it tears down things and I'm in the business of building things. Jesus is in the business of building things we're not in the business of tearing down things we if we have a gossiping tongue we should probably repent of slandering one another this way I was always told this and I love to relay it because it's so true when you gossip about a brother or sister in Christ you have committed spiritual murder you are now a murderer because you have murdered their testimony. You have murdered their character. And you should repent. So what, do we, so what do we do? We choose not to complain against them. We choose not to gossip about them. But we choose. All this is choice. This is something you and I have got to do within the body. We've got, look here, there's no, there's no magic dust that makes, that makes all the problems go away. Amen. You understand that? Within, when, within any relationship tonight, there is no magic dust. Yeah. Whew. All good now. No, there, this is all choice. Yeah. And we've got to choose not to do some things, but we have to choose to pray. Pray for what, preacher? Pray for them. Amen. And then... <laughs> Pray and spend more time with them. Preacher, that makes no sense. Yes, it does. I have found it very hard, and I have found it the hard way. It's really, really extremely hard to be mad at a person. It's really hard uh, to complain about a person. It's really hard to gossip about a person when I spend time in sincere prayer for that person. In other words, uh, I'm not talking about just this little short, now I lay me down to sleep prayer, but when I get on an altar of God and I pray for a person and I and I throw it all out there and I'm praying sincerely in the spirit of God. It's hard for me to be mad at them. It's hard for me to stay mad at them. It's hard for me to complain or gossip about them when I'm on my knees praying for them. Pray for them. Not only do we pray for them, we spend some time trying to understand them. Because some of the things that get on our nerves, we don't really understand. See, there's maybe a reason behind some of these irritating factors that we have no idea about. So we pray for them and try to understand them. In other words, if I got a, if I got a, 
If Daryl's got this just this annoying habit that drives me nuts, instead of me running over here to Russell and telling him about what Daryl's doing, driving me nuts, I need to pray, first of all, for my patience to understand him, and I need to spend a little time with Daryl. Because guess what? I may, I may come to understand the reason Daryl's doing some of these things. I may, I may begin to understand him a little more. And once I understand him a little more, it may not be as irritating as it used to be. We call that fellowship, by the way. It's hard. But I find it easier to pray for a person when I understand the person better. You see, by spending time with Daryl, I now can understand him a little more. I understand some things in his life. It makes it easier for me to pray. So I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time. But number two, the second thing I've got to choose to do is I've got to choose not to keep picking at them until they change the things I don't like. Pecking somebody to death. We have to choose not to embark on a one-man crusade to improve another person. We do not take it upon ourselves to make to better our fellow man by continually pointing out the many ways in which they fall short of perfection and many ways they get on our nerves. Instead, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we choose to treat them just what the book of Colossians says right here. We got to treat them with compassion and kindness and patience and gentleness and put on the love that is perfection of everything. Instead of pecking them to death. See, now, husband and wives know a lot about this. But guess what? It goes on inside the church, too. You peck one another to death. In other words, there's always a little, little, little snidbit you got to say. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Me, me, me. I got to make a choice. I'm not going to peck at them. I'm not going to do that. Now, if someone comes to you asking for advice, that's different. But even then, it's not an excuse to unload. (laughs) It's not an excuse to say, boy, I've been waiting for you to ask that question for two years now. Now, sit down. Let me tell you all the things that drive me nuts. Even then, it's got to be handled with gentleness and care. I work with people every day. Mm. Whether it's the house of God or the funeral home, wherever it may be, the visitation home, when I'm knocking on somebody's door, there's some irritating things out there. I can choose to blow up Or I can just make a choice that I'm just going to love them and deal with it and bear it. And gr- now, I may unload on my wife when I get home, not being mean, but she may hear some things and go, Lord Jesus, whew, honey, I'm going to pray for you tonight. Oh, you got all that going on. But it doesn't mean I'm going to be ugly about it. I have got to purpose in my heart. 
<clears throat> that I'm not going to pick at somebody until they change. I'm going to let God change them. Three, I've got to keep moving for sake of time here. I've got to choose not to judge them. Now, we hit this hard this morning. But not only is there judgment outside these walls, sometimes there's judgment amongst one another. Sometimes we, we judge one another. Sometimes we, we, we choose, uh, um, I, I don't know, we make our minds up about a person before we even get to know the person. And sometimes they're a part of God's family just like you are. And I've always said this. I've always heard this. I love how it's said, so I'm going to say it again. If you can't get along with another believer, I hope God puts their mansion right beside yours. Right beside it. Boom. You got to see them on their front porch every day. Hey, neighbor. We got to choose not to arrogantly set ourselves up in our minds that we're going to judge them. We got to choose these things. There's only one lawgiver. There's only one judge. James 4 tells us all about that. Who's your neighbor that we're not supposed to judge? It's everybody. Uh, Romans 14, you can go on down there. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Think about it this way. Would it not be ridiculous if you were to go into somebody else's workplace, start walking around criticizing people and giving them directions? If I'd have showed up at your job tomorrow. Mike, you need to be doing this this way, buddy. I don't know what you're doing over there, but I think the best way, no, no, stop what you're doing. Stay, do it over here. It'd be better over here. Now, here, I don't know how to do the man's job. I ain't his boss. <laughs> but sometimes we try to do a better job of telling God's people what to do, then, then you know, who, guess who's the boss? Yeah. The Lord Jesus. <laughs> he don't need no help. Okay. Let's keep going. I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to make, it, I'm going to make a, a decision not to judge them. Forcefully, forcefully, forcefully. Give thanks. Instead of focusing on all the things we don't like, we thank God for them. We thank God for the gifts. We thank God for the abilities he's given them for ministry. We thank God that he chose them in spite of their flaws and that more amazingly, he chose us in spite of our flaws. We thank God that he's in the process of changing them into something amazing that will be used for the glory of God. We thank him uh, that someday uh, they, just like uh, we will reflect Jesus in all his glory without flaw, without defect of any kind. We thank God that he doesn't destroy us on the spot for our arrogance and our pride and our daring to judge another sinner as if we deserved anything other than wrath and condemnation ourselves and we thank God uh, that contrary to everything we deserve on one account of nothing good unworthiness in ourselves God has loved them God has loved us and God has called us to himself to serve together in this world to see more lost hopeless sinners come to know Jesus we choose to give thanks 
It's hard to be upset with somebody when you're thankful for them. You know, more marriages end simply because unthankfulness. One or the, both partners will feel taking advantage of and un, the other ones, they're unthankful. They feel like they don't care. When we give thanks like that, we'll find that the things we were so upset about, the things that we found so irritating, the things that we found so despicable, all these things will fade away. (laughs) Because now we're standing in amazement. Because we know them, And we're watching God transform them. We're amazed as we watch God work through them and through us at the same time. Because when we have that in our hearts, that malice and that God is not working through us. But when we start to let these things go, and to start accepting one another within the body of Christ. Just as they are and we are. Amen. We'll find God working with us more than he ever has. Bearing with one another. I'm not going to hit the other one. But forgiving one another. You see not only do we have to bear. But we have to forgive. We put up with it. And we forgive the mess-ups. I'm going to ask you to stand tonight. How do I accept one another inside the body of Christ? Put on the tender mercies, the kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and bear one another, forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. We must do these things. We must do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, and God, we just want to do our very, very, very best, Lord, to be in unity in all that we do. God, for I know you cannot bless something that's broken in the pieces and it's not in unity. Lord, we come to you tonight just as we try our best to teach and to grow together and love and love one another, accept one another. Lord, not to grow irritated with one another, but Lord, to choose to overlook the things that may irritate us from time to time. God, help us to better understand and deal. And God, I just pray for our body of believers tonight. Pray for our church. God, what you're doing in it, I'm so amazed as we see the growth every week, Lord. And God, we give you glory and thanks for it. It's all you, Lord. But God, as we continue to grow, there's going to there's gonna come irritations. God, I pray that we would help us to bear with one another. 
to love one another, to pray for one another, to seek the best for one another, never to complain and gossip about one another. For Lord, we love you and thank you. Lord, any needs in this place tonight, I pray God that you would meet them, speak to their heart, give them wisdom, give them counsel from the Lord. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. You got a need tonight. These altars are open.